my first year roommate Ami and I always fought over the temperature. We were good roommates otherwise. Our respective sides were clean, we used each other's appliances, and we hung out together, which usually involved watching The Good Place. But we fought about the temperature, not even in an obvious way. We just changed the thermostat without telling one another. Roommates and friends can bring out the worst or the best in us. Being in close quarters together, whether that's physically or emotionally, can make you realize some truths about yourself. But what happens when you don't just find your roommate on Facebook? What if your living situation is a little bit more intentional? A unique feature of UVA Christian culture is living in intentional house communities that foster faith in very specific ways. In my living situation, I may have learned that I just really hate sleeping in the cold. But maybe something deeper is revealed when you live in intentional community. But yeah, the Perkins house is a much better experience. So the Perkins house, what it is, is the namesake, we get it from John Perkins, who was an activist in the Deep South um, in the 60s. He did a lot of philanthropic, I think I said that right, philanthropic work and, you know, did a lot of stuff for God, which was awesome. Um, it is on Grady Avenue. And the way I describe it, which might not be the most professional way of describing it, but whatever, is that Grady Avenue it is unofficially split into two parts. The first part is where students live. The second part is where I call real people live. So you are a real person if you're not a UVA student because you're like really contributing to society right now. So, um, so all the real people live on one side and all the students live on the other side. And the house is located um, in the 10th Beach neighborhood amongst the real people. Um, mostly black and there's it was first of all the neighborhood was absolutely amazing I have never seen like communities like that where you know like you would see people go next door and actually spend time like on their neighbor's porches or if something happened unfortunately it was a car accident um, that happened right at our house and literally people from all the surrounding houses came outside and checked on these people and you know you know what I'm saying like it was you could very much so tell that this was a community that looked out for each other you know, they would help each other move in, move out, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And they looked out for us as well. Um, so going back to what the Perkins House is specifically as a house, it is right now for UVA Christian women I, who are very interested in being an intentional community. What that means is that, you know, actually getting to know your neighbor. An issue in college towns, not just UVA, but everywhere is that, you know, you're in a place for four years, but because you know that you're leaving, you don't actually spend time to build relationships with the people who live there. Like you treat it like it's a pit stop because in your life it is, but to the actual community, that's their home. So we, so the purpose of the Perkins House is to actually get to know and get to, you know, spend time with neighbors and actually sow into their lives as they sow into ours, you know, and not to not like to be like white saviors, not to come in and fix everything. It's not, we're just, we're just living with you, you know, instead of just treating this place like it's a stop, you know, along a bigger, a bigger journey. Um, unfortunately, during my year, it was lockdown. So we couldn't do what we had wanted to do or what Perkins House is known for doing. So Perkins House, a lot of things that the women go out and do is that they'll they'll help the neighbors, you know. So if a elderly lady needs her 
her yard to be raked up, they'll go out and do it. If somebody needs their groceries carried in, they'll do that. If there's, you know, a, a community potluck, they'll cook or help set up, you know, just, just being a helping hand, you know, as a neighbor would be. Um, but we couldn't do that, unfortunately, because a lot of our neighbors were older and this was before vaccines and this was at the height of lockdown. So a lot of my experience was just with my uh, housemates and it was absolutely amazing. But I had learned so much from those women and we just loved each other and we support each other. And because there was a lot of open communication, I learned that I learned accountability for my own actions. Something that was really, 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 really that I really valued was seeing how differently we interpreted our Christianity. So some, so Zoe, I'll take her for an example. She was really big on like asking questions and asking really hard, tough questions. But her interpretation of it was that God's word was meant to be wrestled with. The way she like talked about it, it was so eye-opening, you know? And it made me realize how much I was limiting my faith. And so through conversations like that, it really felt like God had given me the green light to begin to ask questions, you know, begin to challenge what you, you know, what you kind of took for granted in other people's teaching of the word, you know, to really, to really immerse yourself in it, to not be afraid. I mean, because, and just being able to just enjoy the love that they had um, for me. And they helped me through a lot of hard things. You know, I was able to talk to them about anything and, you know, we Sabbath together, we rested together, we prayed together, shared meals, you know, and it was, and I just feel like I really experienced community in a different way for the first time. My closest friends are definitely ones with whom I share faith. And I think that that makes sense just because when you are, when the most important thing in your life is also the most important thing in other people's lives, you know, you're, you're living oftentimes um, in similar ways. And so, like, they're just the most authentic friendships. Um, I know that these people, like, I know that I have their best interest at heart. They have my best interest at heart. And, like, I have found that people love in a very unselfish way. Yeah, in, in, in friendships that are built on faith. Um, because ultimately, like, my friends and I are, like, desiring for one another heaven and the will of God. Um, and it's been beautiful to see the way that, like, they have taught me to put myself aside for love of others. Um, even when that means, like, stepping back a little bit from a friend's life because they're like God is just like leading them in another direction or like to other people like that are not you um hmm yeah like they're just the friends that I can you know go to mass with and like have these deep conversations with like know and be known by but then also like you know have a dance party with or like a slumber party or like laugh to like I'm crying about something that's you know like petty and irrelevant but like so funny you know um it's just like the wholeness of friendship and relationship. Like they're like good times friends, but they're also friends who can provide wide counsel. It's just that there's like a level of depth that is more accessible with people with whom you share faith. Um, especially when like faith is what you most care about. Like my relationship with God, like my Catholic faith defines so much of how I think, how I act, like how I approach decisions. Um, how I respond to like situations in life and so if I have a friend like who understands that um, or like who who shares that it is it's just easier to um, to converse about those things and also 
to like feel understood, which isn't to say that I, I don't feel understood by friends who are like outside of my faith tradition, but it's just different when you are talking to someone who like to whom you are explaining sort of like where you're coming from versus talking to someone who um, like where you're coming from is also like the framework that they use to think about like life and and how to live um and I still have very beautiful friendships with um those out like who don't share my faith and we can still talk about very real things and it's also like I don't want to insulate myself in a bubble of people who share the same perspective um just because that can be extremely limiting and it's also not how we were called to live um and so I really appreciate my friendships with people who are either like not Christian or like different veins of Christian or like different like like it's a gradient you know um because that is like also how I learned so much about about like life and about love particularly through the way that they show love to me um yeah but I think that my Christian friends are the ones who are always like home base you know I love my housing situation. The Lord has provided in my housing at UVA since I arrived. Um, I remember being really nervous about the idea. Like once I found out that I was in a suite, I could like control who I picked as my roommate, which worked out beautifully. But then I found out that I was going to be living in a suite of six and I was like, oh no, like what if it's a disaster? And then I ended up living with all people who were like practicing Christians, which was wild. Um, and then the next year was led to an inner fellowship Christian house um, at UVA called the White House, not too far from the Center of Christian Study. And um, it is with some of those girls from that house that I've lived with for the last two years in an apartment. And there are four of us. Um, they are all involved um, in some degree with Chi Alpha. Two of them were core group leaders last year, and then like one of them is a core group leader this year. But it was really interesting because we moved in together during COVID year uh, when school was online. And so our apartment really was like a community from the start. And I think that that being like cooped up in our apartment naturally lent itself to to forming like profound relationships with one another. But yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful. Like you'll wake up in the morning and all of us or some of us or whoever's awakened in the kitchen at the same time will be like reading scripture in the morning or like doing a devotional. We would cook dinner together every single night. Like one of us, one of the four of us would cook each night on a rotation. And then whoever cooked the meal, we would all sit down together that the chef would pray over the meal and then we'd eat. And then the rest of the girls would do the dishes. Um, and when church was online, I would, St. Thomas was having mass, um, like masked and distanced so I would go to that but in the mornings we would all sit down and like watch church together on tv and sing together um yeah and whenever there's like you know causes for joy or causes for sorrow or you know someone in the house is experiencing something or just suffering like it is like my roommate's first instinct to say like hey like can I pray with you um I remember one time, I've, I have a history of concussions, and I, like, bumped my head on the towel rod, 
in the shower and was just like, I cannot afford to have a head injury right now. Like I was just distraught about it and like not in a place of being able to hope that I would be okay. And I remember Brie, one of my roommates just sat me down on the couch, like put her hands on me, like prayed over me. Um, and that it just happens all the time um, for us. And so, yeah, like they're, we are just really here for each other. We can talk, we have very real conversations with great ease, which is very nice to be able to just like get deep quickly. And then we just have fun together. Like we'll have movie nights. Like recently we've been working our way through all of the old Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, but like the four of us like will coordinate a time to be home so we can all be on the couch together or activities to do together. Um, which I think is hard sometimes when you live, when you live with the same people it's very easy to not be intentional about structuring time with those people because like you come home to them every single day anyway. But my three roommates have actually taught me a lot about what it means to be, to like be deliberate with the people that you live with, um, to actually put things on the calendar, to spend time together, even if it's in a living room that like all of us inhabit on a daily basis anyway. So yeah, I love it. And I'm deeply sad to be saying goodbye to it so soon. Jesus is important, grace is important, forgiveness, and, like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't have a super, like, traditional, like, understanding or, like, value almost of friendships. Um, just because I was so close with my family, I was like, if my sister's my best friend, uh, why do I need any other friends? And I think that's something I came to value about myself toward the end of high school, but that I felt like wasn't really received, is that, like, my relationship with Christ is kind of the most important thing about me. Or, or like that's like that is what defines me. And so finding friendship with people who feel similarly is really wonderful. And in that way, I feel like you, I have a lot of acquaintances. And that's almost sometimes how I prefer because I love getting to know people but don't necessarily desire to like go super deep. And that's one way that like Jesus and Kyleville community and I'm sure I would have experienced it in other fellowships too, but has challenged me is like the need for vulnerability and intimacy as well. And that like, I'm not above getting to be known by people and getting to know people. Um, and yeah, so I feel like that is a little bit the friendship piece. Um, just like learning to trust others in the same way that I'm like learning to trust God with like my desires and my heart. Um, and then in terms of housing, it's very like I I love it but also that's just because I like coexisting with people and so I think for me like important factors in housing was just like general compatibility it didn't need to be like best friendship um and sometimes I think that's honestly healthier to like have a solid balance but also boundaries between like you don't have to like live with your best friend and then also see your best friend all the time because then it's like who do you talk about your best friend with you know or like if you if you guys like, get in a fight or something like that um and I think it's cool to be able to just, like, ask for prayer whenever. And, like, when um, when we had all those snowstorms, like, my house, we would just do house church. Because we were all believers. Um, and I, I've enjoyed that. First year, um, I lived uh, with, a, like, a girl reached out to me on Facebook. Um, you know, when we were all posting our, like, weird, self-aware Facebook, like, welcome to UVA posts. Um, and we were both Christian, so that was awesome. And we coexisted well. We actually she works at Grit now, and I saw her the other day, so that was sweet. Um, but yeah, so dorm life, and then my core group leader 
um, was living in a house and I somehow just kind of ended up there sometime in November. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a Christian community through Chi Alpha, it was a Chi Alpha house. Um, and so I lived there for two years and I really, really enjoyed that too. And then when it was the, cause this is, I transferred into the school of nursing. And so I'm, this is like my fourth year at UVA, but I'm a third year in the school of nursing. So I have one more year after this. Um, and I think kind of knowing that and just the ways that like my social circle was going to change um, after like my class graduated, as well as just desiring, um, I think a little bit more like kind of privacy. I was like, I, I kind of want a single room. I kind of want to mix it up a little bit. And so I started looking for other housing. And so I now live in the branch, which is technically an inner fellowship house. Um, and I live there now and I love it. And I'm going to live there next year. I mean, if you walk in, we got a lot of Bible verses on the walls. So, you know, it's like Christian girl home decor vibes all the way. Um, but in terms of like the actual like important spiritual practices, I would say like for Lent, we're kind of holding each other mutually accountable for our different um, like fasting practices or prayer practices or almsgivings, things like that that we want to do. Conversations. I feel like probably the nature of our conversations are, might look different than if we were um, non-Christians because... I think most, like, I, tr I really trust their wisdom and, like, bringing problems to them because I know that they're going to give me, like, biblical or at least Christ-centered, um, kind of, not necessarily solutions, but, like, that's, that would be their advice, not necessarily coming from, like, a worldly perspective, um, uh, and then, yeah, a lot of us go to the Charlottesville Community Church, so it's fun to, like, all go to church together on Sundays, um, and we have house prayer, every other week um, and we're also starting up like lunch buddies because there's so many of us and so it's hard to like intentionally spend time but also our schedules are also different that like four of us will be sitting around the dining room table one of us will be doing homework one of us will be doing our quiet time someone will be watching netflix you know so like that kind of thing but it's i wouldn't say it's as structured and it's more the like superfluous like doing life together stuff um but i think something that i I think would be valuable probably to try to pursue um, is more intentional times of either like reading scripture together or even just worship. We like, you know, we, I feel like we throw a lot around a lot of ideas of like, oh my gosh, we should do a worship night. I feel like, well, also Loki, I don't have that many deep non-Christian friendships. And even in those, I think that I still pursue forgiveness and I think I would even approach it in the same way, especially if they know that I'm, like, I'm assuming that they know that I'm Christian. Um, so, you know, maybe employing some Christianese, but I definitely think so with, like, the ability to have direct, difficult, like, care-fronting conversations, or even just to ask for forgiveness and being like, hey, I know that I really wronged you, or maybe not even really, but I feel like there is not peace between us, and I don't, I don't feel good about that, and so I want to like ask for your forgiveness or I want to apologize for this thing so I'm really thankful for that too honestly just that like Christ has given us that model and kind of also commanded us to forgive one another as he's forgiven us yeah because it's also like you have that idea of like what is God's design for this community and for this relationship and then if you can identify like where the sin is and how it's out of whack it's like yes he's also given us tools to extend grace and to forgive and to try to restore that rightness and right relationship maybe Jesus in a casual way. Um, 
just because it's like with my Christian friends, I know that we're operating with the same like vernacular language, general understanding of the Bible usually. And so I feel like I can just kind of be like, oh yeah, so I was reading like one of Paul's letters and this is what stuck out to me. Or like, what do you think about this? And like not giving context necessarily, or even, I don't know, like I feel like if I were to try to have a spiritual conversation intentionally with a non-believer, I would want to be um, more, not necessarily careful, but like particular in the way that I pursued it and so not just like throwing around words that may not be known and that might create a hindrance to them understanding um and I feel like it would almost be more of like maybe a teaching thing than a conversation um but other than that I really don't think that like the things that I talk about change that much because I talk about what I enjoy and maybe it's like the extent to which I talk about Jesus um you know, because sometimes it's hard to bring up in small talk. It's like, okay, cool, how's your weekend? But I'll usually even be like, oh yeah, I went to church and I really had a great service. And like, this is what my housemates and I did. Usually it'll, I'll get a response of like, oh, that's so wholesome. So I was looking for a Christian community to live with. That was sort of my preference. Uh, and while doing research on housing at UVA, I just came across this residential program at the Center for Christian Study and I was like oh that's pretty cool so I showed up and there's this building with meeting spaces and the kitchen and the library and I mean books are everything to me so that was pretty cool and then there's a basement where you could live and I was like oh well that's cool so I ended up signing up for that and have been a part of that group for three years now. Yeah, so I've been a part of what's called the Elzinga Residential Scholars Program for three years, named for Ken Elzinga, who's involved with the study center. Uh, it's a very fancy name for really just the guys live in the basement of the study center. The girls in the program lived next door in the yellow house. We get together for a meal and sometimes for a Bible study, sometimes for a game night, sometimes for who knows what uh, on Thursday evenings each week. And besides that, it really depends on who else is in the group that year, because sometimes stuff will be happening all the time from just you and your roommate or you and one of the one of the other residents. Or sometimes you'll get just 20 people doing stuff together. And it's a whole party. It's a whole party. I think it's very easy to separate yourself from personal beliefs when you're interacting with people who don't share them. So I find myself in that situation very regularly because obviously as a Christian, uh, I have some different opinions than non-Christians. So I find myself sometimes not talking about things to do with faith. Uh, I do a lot of thinking about faith and biblical matters and, and theology and philosophy and stuff. And often, if you think of theology as like, a, I'm giving it a random super specific definition here, but like theology is Christian specific philosophy and then use philosophy as a more sort of general truths about the world term, I'll often present things that I'm thinking about as theology 
when I'm in Christian communities, like here, here is something like biblical or God-centered that I'm thinking about versus philosophy. Here is something about the world that I'm thinking about. And I don't often bring as many explicit references to God or Jesus or the Bible into those conversations with non-Christians where I'll be a little bolder in presenting um, some of those references in Christian in Christian circles, but I differ in my beliefs with a lot of Christians as well. So oftentimes, regardless of who I'm spending time with, I present, here is one argument, and here is another argument. And if I have sources like, oh, here's the Catholic theology on this, as opposed to the Lutheran view, as opposed to the Presbyterian view, or if I'm talking philosophy, here's the Platonist view, here's a little Nietzsche sprinkled in here, um, let's bring in some Kierkegaard. So often the, the references that I bring in will differ, um, though there's often a bit of overlap. I'll also go more in-depth when talking about faith-related things in my life. So I'll talk more about what happened at my small group or what church was like with Christian friends as opposed to non-Christian friends. It'll be a little more summary, a little more in passing. Oh yeah, I went to church this weekend, that sort of thing. I tread pretty carefully no matter who I'm talking to, which is really funny because on the one hand, I tread carefully. On the other hand, I love giving some really spicy hot takes occasionally, though usually cushioned in the form of, here is what some people believe. Uh, it, I rarely present my own opinions as such, or at least I present them far less often than I present here is something that is possible or has been argued. Uh, so that, that and the way I interact with my friends in general means that at least a lot of the time there hasn't been too much of a need for explicit apologies and forgiveness and reconciliation. I think largely that's a result of just being blessed with really good friends and just really good people in my life. Christian and non-Christian. I think that's also a function of how I proceed in my relationships, uh, partially because I try to be pretty sensitive to other people, and so I avoid putting myself in situations that potentially do damage to the other person or the relationship, and then I have been made fun of in the past for apologizing too frequently. So that's the other side of things, and I'm just as likely to apologize profusely with non-Christian friends as I am with Christian friends. Uh, it's, it's more sort of how I proceed through my relationships than a difference in terms of whether the person I'm interacting with is Christian or not. live with people, but it's a lot harder to live intentionally with people. However, when we do, we learn things about ourselves that otherwise we could not. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share with friends. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or by email. And see you next time on When Reality Hits.